Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Tarot No Questions Asked, Master in the Art of Intuitive Reading. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 214 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is empowering tarot readings. And my special guest is Neil from Must Be a Gemini. Hello, Neil. Hello, it's lovely to be here. I feel so very excited and really privileged to be a part of the podcast It's because um, I've been listening for ages. Well, this is going to be great because we have two Geminis in this, well, not in the same room. I mean, in the same like digital space right now. <laughs> and, you know, before, so people who are listening before we even got on the podcast, we were just saying that we've got plenty to talk about. Geminis love to talk. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation and also this topic. So here's the thing I want to start off by asking. In your opinion, what makes a tarot reading empowering? Oh, okay. So the, I, I probably think the easiest way to answer that is by flipping the question. And again, this is one of my biggest things with tarot. I'm always so in awe of people who ask the correct questions. So rather than me thinking of what empowers the tarot, I try and think about the opposite side to that coin. And I, and this is how I've kind of noticed it. I feel like quite often people will come with a, when will I get my person back? That is their question they want to know. And I, you know, we could give you a timeline and say, listen, it will be six months. And what do people do for that time? They sit around and they wait for that six months to pass. So for me, I'm always like, listen, let's rephrase that question. You will get your person back when you have learned X, Y, and Z, and then we'll pull some cards out. And sometimes I'll still tell people, listen, I can give you, a t- I will give you a timeline because, you know, you're booking a reading, you're paying for it. I'll give you the questions that you want. But I would also invite you to have a look at other ways we can address that. So rather than thinking, how is this all going to work out? Is it all going to be okay in the end? How can we make it all right? And how can we empower ourselves to behave in that six month time period? Because it, it just, I think it avoids for me, the dependency of people coming into tarot wanting quick fixes. Yes. And sometimes what I like to say is tarot is not a passive act. You don't just get a reading mm. and now you sit back on your couch, eating bonbons and just waiting for life to happen to you. You know, a lot of things that happen in our life is because of the decisions we make or how we react or show up to things. And so you can get a prediction on something, but if you're going to then sit around and not take action on it, you're treating it like a passive act. And that is such a disempowering perspective. Exactly. And I think the other thing I always I often find, and and I, I, I always um, hesitate to say, oh, I often find this when people come to me for readings, because I think I was no better. I, you know, when I used to go to a tarot reader when I was in my early teens, or well, my late teens, early 20s, and, you know, it was love related. I'd gone through a breakup and I felt in an uncertain place and I wanted some kind of certainty to know whether I was going to get back with that partner or not. What's going to happen? What What are they thinking? What are they doing all this? And I thought, I'm giving all of this power to this other person. Like there was a great phrase I heard someone say years ago. It was like, no one can drive you crazy unless you give them the keys. And I, it really hit me, like literally like one of those aha moments where I thought, God, I'm sitting here. I've wasted a 30 minute tarot reading asking about what this other person's thinking and what they're feeling and what their what their concerns are to do with me. I've not thought once to ask what I can do for myself. Mm-hmm. What can I work on career wise or you know, what can I do in this time to to make myself ready for us to potentially get back together if we do that, you know, uh, 
anyway but I, but I think I think it is yeah it's, it's very easy to like you say to go okay cool that tarot reader said I'm going to get back together with them in three or you know even not taking in a love situation with a job I haven't you know um, I did a reading for someone recently and they were you know in a, a career change and they wanted to know when they were going to get their next job and I, I said to them listen I can I can have a look at that of course I can but really what else can you do in that time that you don't have this job you know can you have a look at retraining you know what options have you got let's look at all three of them and let's see what your best option is for your next three months or six months and it and it kind of because I always think life is a lot easier when you have a plan in place whatever is happening to you if you have you know like, like my coach at the gym always says it it's just a chip away wad. You're just putting one foot in front of the other. Don't even think about how many miles you're rowing or whatever you're doing. Just have the plan in place and go into it. And, and the whole uh, whole workout life, whatever it is that you're doing, will feel a lot easier and a lot more manageable because there's you know tangible points that you can look at for progress. Yeah, and you know, it's so interesting too. And I think I do think tarot is changing a bit. But many people over the years, and I've been reading tarot a long time, you know, would come in and they'd get a reading and sometimes they'd come back and they'd say, so I want to tell you the things that came true or the things that didn't come true. And it's like, why are you sitting around waiting for something to happen? You know, tarot, I believe, really can show you trends and potential. But again, if you're just sitting around waiting for it, you're pretty much putting your life on hold. And oftentimes I say that people who live their lives like that, they're asleep at the wheel. And one day they wake up and they're like, well, how did I get here? You know, it's like that song by the talking heads. And it's like, you got there because of some of the decisions you've made, you've made, or maybe didn't make. And again, if you're looking at tarot as it's going to simply map everything out in a perspective, like that life is just happening to you, you really are taking your responsibility also out of the equation. And also I think, you know, it's, it's about accountability as well, because it's that whole thing of thinking, right, you've got, like you say, it's down to you to make the decisions and you can, we can all get the information. And, and this is the other thing, because I, I find, I, I'm sure you've had this as well. When you, you, like you said about people coming back and going, oh my God, that you were spot on about all of that. And sometimes you're like, oh God, I really wish I hadn't been because actually it wasn't a nice message. But you know, you occasionally get the people where they get, they come in and they don't want to give anything away mm-hmm. and they just and everything's happening and then they kind of you know say, oh, well, no, that was wrong. That was wrong. And you're like, listen, it's absolutely fine. I'm not here to convince you of anything. I'm here to give you a message that has come through. You've asked me for it. It's fine. Maybe it'll make sense in six months' time. Maybe you'll look back and you know you'll think, "Oh, I wish I'd have, um, I wish I'd have listened to Neil because actually, yeah, I, I, that choice that I made played out the way he thought it was going to play out, and it might, you know, it might feel like it wasn't the right way you wanted it to play out, but it was the right thing for you to happen. And because, like you say, it's it's not life happening to you. It, you know, life should be happening for you, and yes. that's where. Again, I think it, you know, it's it's, and that's why I think. I think when I, you know, when I first came to tarot, it was very much about the divination side of things, and and for for me, I, I've always been a very impatient person. I, you know, and I'm not going to astrologize and be like, oh, it's because I'm a Gemini, but I am a bit. I rush through everything, and I, I daily I have to remind myself and go, oh God, slow down. Mm-hmm. One, you don't need to talk that fast. You don't need to do this. You know, it will be fine. But I think there's a lot of. of of impatience and, and the divination side of it and it's it's fantastic and I think there's a you can get some really amazing moments out of that based on the point of your life that you're at today mm-hmm. and that could change in points time you know like you say it's that sliding doors thing the the reading that I give you on January the 1st will only work if you play out the path the way it's looking right now it you know in June you might go well that didn't come true okay cool because you made different choices and that's 
and that's I think you know it's it's one of those things I always think with um any kind of not life decision but I think knowing all having as much information as possible to base your decision on is fantastic but you still have to make that decision on what's right for you and that's why I kind of you know I, I try and dissuade people from the when will I get this when will that happen more to more of okay will I you know I will find a, a really happy stable relationship when I've learned that I'm enough on my own that I don't need that person you know there's not the the I, hate, I always hate the word desperation but there's not that yearning to just be in a relationship yes you know, you just thought out uh, what's going on for you beforehand absolutely and you know you also mentioned something that caught my attention uh, about people sometimes coming in and they don't want to give any information. And actually what people don't understand, and I know why they do it. They want to do it because they want you to prove that you know what you're doing. They want to be yes. wowed. They want the they want the parlor trick. They want the thing they see on television where you're going to pull names out of thin air and all of that. That is actually a very disempowering, and by the way, disrespectful mindset. Because when yeah. you are coming in with that attitude, when you are very closed off and you don't want to give anything, what you're doing that is you're not you're treating tarot like it's a one-way street like you just want information shoved at you and that isn't going to help you and i always say to people and this is one of the things i feel for people and say to people you know um if you just want me to tell you what the future is you know and just lay it all out like that you are approaching your life like you have absolutely no free will and you do have free will and if you don't tell me you know, what's going on? Well, I can't help you. And tarot reading isn't about wowing you. It's not about putting on a show. It's about helping you. Yes. So you have to let the reader know, listen, this is what I want to focus on. You know, whenever I go for a tarot reading or astrology reading, because I get readings from time to time too, I'm always very specific on what I want to know and where I want to work on, because I don't want to waste the reader's time and have them go off on some wild psychic goose chase, trying to guess what it is that I need at the time of the reading. In order for me as a querent, as a client, to walk away feeling empowered, I also want to come into the reading and let that tarot reader or astrologer know, this is what I want to focus on. This is where my issues are. Let's solve this stuff. Show me where I'm going and what I can do to get to the very best possible outcome in this situation totally and i think it and because that also like it's really interesting that because it touches on the whole thing where i think you know there's a lot of conversation about tarot and like therapy and counseling and stuff like that and it's really interesting um, because i I often think people approach a tarot reading some not often sometimes as they're looking for a counseling session and they just you know they want to voice off what's going on in their head and they're looking for um i suppose affirmations that they're or, you know, someone to reaffirm that what they're thinking is true and what they're feeling is is valid. And, you know, again, it's, it's like you say, what do you, kind of what do you want out of the reading? Because I often say to people when they, you know, you get the odd person who's like, oh, no, I, I you know, I'm only having positivity. I'm only doing this. I'm like, that's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. If you if you don't want a bad answer, don't ask the question. Let's, let's ask different questions. And, you know, we'll talk about work and we'll talk about all the other things that go on. And, you know, and we'll get to the, uh, the nitty gritty at a later stage when you kind of feel a bit more comfortable to tell me what's going on. But it's, you know, it's like you think if, if someone, and it's, God, it sounds awful, like I'm always banging on about love readings. But, you know, if someone is, is coming for a love life reading and they don't want to tell you whether they're single or involved, you think I can read all these cards as if you're single and it will tell you a whole story and that'll be great. And then at the end you go, Oh, well, actually, I'm in a relationship. Like you say, I'm not here to prove anything to you. Right. I'm, I'm comfortable with what I'm doing. It, you know, like you say, with the parlor tricks, 
I did my showbiz time. I've kicked my leg up to my head for many years. I've done my showing off in my early years. I don't need to do that anymore. I'm here to try and, you know, and because that was the thing for me, I, I found tarot really, you know, once I started looking at how it could help me and mm-hmm. it's like you referenced about the journaling and I hear so many people on the podcast talking about journaling and journaling and stuff. And, and I think that's something else that it really, it's so good to process it all. And for me, tarot is, is a huge part of that because it's like, um, I can't remember who's, which you had one of the guests on who was saying, do a card of the day at the end of the day rather than at the beginning, or it might've been you said, mm-hmm. it, I forget. <laughs> but I was like, actually, that's a, another great way of looking at it because you think, right, what, what's happened in my day? What have I learned today? Because sometimes until you, you have it staring at you in the face, you know, let's go for the tower card. Everyone right. loves the tower. Oh God. Okay. What fell apart today? What did not work? whether it was in my workplace, whether it was in my family life, whether it was in my house, what's actually happened and what kind of, what have I not even noticed has fallen apart? You know, maybe someone, uh, you know, a friendship, I've been having a, a phone conversation and I actually look at it and go, wow, yeah, they just offloaded all of their stuff on me. They didn't once ask how I am in the middle of, you know, and I know we've all got, you know, dramas going on and it's give and take, but I just think sometimes you can go, oh, okay, that's what you mean. That's mm-hmm. another layer card that will then help me you know with other things so I, I just think for me it really empowered me to look at my own life and my own actions and my own accountability for what's happening in my life rather than thinking oh well you know like um you know like there's a great film years ago um called center stage and there was a, a you know a ballet dancer and she was very attitude and you know and the teacher would say to her you know the, there are so many bad dancers out there who they go to an audition they don't get it and they blame the director oh he didn't like me I didn't look right for that part I didn't do, and she said you know what the good dancers do they come back to the bar and they retrain and they go back to the basics and they look at what they can do to improve themselves. So next time they get the job. And I was like, wow, mm-hmm. that, that's such a life lesson crowbarred into this cheesy film about a ballet school. Like it was, but it, you know, and, and that's where I think, I just think it's really important. And like you say, with tarot changing, I do think it is, you know, it is moving away from the divination side of things into actually, uh, you know, I always joke about it being a bit of a therapy for me, mm-hmm. but it's, because it's showing me and you know sometimes I often say to people as well it, it shows up the things that you probably don't want to see mm-hmm. that but that you need to see up. yes the stuff that uh, you need to see and yeah. let's talk about divination for a second because you know I'm an old school reader I am all about the divination but I'm a proactive diviner I'm never one of those people that's like well this is the future now you're screwed it's like well this is yeah. The possibility, but you, this is what you need to do if you don't like that outcome or, Hey, the outcome looks great. Keep doing what you're doing and let's enhance this. You know, so the way I approach divination tends to be more along that kind of a mindset. And I think divination can be helpful in this way. And this is the way I always like to describe it. You know, if you are driving down the road and another car is coming at you and you're speeding and they flash the lights, well, we all know that means, Hey, there's a police officer. (laughs) Now you know what's ahead. And so you have an option. I can keep speeding or maybe I can slow down and avoid getting the likely outcome, which is a ticket. That is how divination can work in a reading that can be empowering. A good reader who does divination will look at the potential of where you're going from the time you get the reading. You know, that's not going to be your life reading. It's going to be, here's where we are right now. This is where you're heading. The likely outcome is this. Now, do you like that outcome or not? If not, let's look at alternate routes that you can yeah. take so you can get a better outcome. That's how I like to approach divination. Yeah. That, that is actually a fantastic way of putting it. And I will absolutely be borrowing that and saying that to people <laughs> when they come. 
Because you're right. And, you know, you, actually the driving, I think driving is something that, you know, quite often, you know, people drive. Everyone can relate to it. Yes. You know, we've all been there. We've all, you know, we've all had those moments where you're like, right, okay, there's heaps of traffic. What am I going to do? I can't do anything about it. It's there now. You know, there's no point stressing. There's no point worrying. But I think actually, yeah, it's a really, you know, because you're right. You do, you get the information and you process. And if you don't like where it's headed, you take the next exit. Yes. You change and you do you know you do what you need to do which actually is really, and actually I think that's a really lovely analogy about the flashing lights because I suppose yeah in that theory we're the people flashing our lights saying listen here's the warning sign yes and you here's, here's yep and here's what yeah. you need to know yeah the other thing that you mentioned that I, I saw was, I thought was interesting too is you mentioned so about people want to know how someone feels yeah and I think that first of all I don't think tarot's for mind reading although my husband thinks I'm a mind reader you know because <laughs> I can read his damn mind but tarot's <laughs> not for mind reading I think that there's something about that when someone's asking does so-and-so love me how do they feel about me I don't think that's really really helpful I mean sometimes maybe we can look at the energy around a situation around a person and how they're feeling about the situation but ultimately I think also this could be less helpful for the client instead yes. of looking and examining how they're feeling about the situation and how they can work with their feelings. Yes, exactly. And also because, uh, you know, that's aside from the kind of intrusive nature of it is uh, actually, is it right to be necessarily checking in on what someone else is feeling without their consent? Is, you know, anyway, that's a whole other can of worms, but I think you're right. And also because it's that whole thing again of giving the power away to someone else. And yes. really, you know, if, I, I always think if you, don't know that how that person feels about you from their actions me telling you that they that they are in love with you or that they're probably not in love with you what is what will that do for you actually it will you know it's it will kind of spin you out into a way of going oh my god everything's falling apart and you know that I because I think when and I've again I've been in that mindset where you depend so much on someone else for your happiness it's only going to lead to disappointment because mm -hmm. really it, it, happiness is an inside job it's a homemade thing and you you have to kind of work on that for yourself and that's where I think I'd rather you know I would rather reframe the question of how do they feel about you well how do you feel about you yes and why what what difference will it make if you know let's say for example let's pull a couple of cards if they love you it affects you in this way if they don't love you it affects you in, in this way and look at your options which one do you want to go down because really if you you know if you feel that someone's going to let you down, for example, why would you get, if they, you know, if they've got previous history of doing it, I can yeah. tell you that they're interested or, and actually it's an interesting one because one of the, the first times I had a proper tarot reading, the other guy said to me, he was like, you know what, it's, it's like having a sofa. He said, you, you can't get a new sofa in until you get rid of your old sofa and you're hanging onto your old sofa, hoping mm -hmm. it's going to be comfortable. And I, and that again, I was like, wow, that is such a powerful way of putting it because you're right. And I'm, I'm here asking you about this person who's, you know, not in my life currently that I feel like I want in my life for whatever reason, you know, and sometimes not getting what you want is a wonderful stroke of luck. But it, it was, it was, he framed it in a way that made me go, actually, yeah, I don't, I'm the one that's hanging on to it. Mm -hmm. It's nothing to do how this person feels about me or what the outcome is going to be or whether we're going to get back together, whether we're meant for each other, any of that nonsense. It was like, actually, you're, you're hanging on to something that is based on what, you know, you're, it was kind of, whether he knew he was doing it or not, I don't think at the time I really fully um, appreciated what the sentiment was, but, you know, obviously hindsight is a wonderful thing. Looking back on it, I think completely and utterly right. You know, there was no enthusiasm there from the other side and all I was doing was hanging on to this old battered sofa and worrying about whether it was going to be comfortable again or not. And it was like, 
just get a new sofa, clear it out because it's down to me to do it and get rid of it. And that's a really good, yeah, and that's a good reading. I mean, they are giving you advice on what you can do to change that situation. Because I got to tell you, there's nothing, in my opinion, that is more miserable than waiting around for someone to come back or for someone to give you the confirmation and validation that you need. When somebody is into you, you usually have a pretty good idea of whether they're into you or not. And when it's a healthy relationship or an unhealthy relationship, you don't need a tarot reading to tell you that. You usually know. You usually know. And oftentimes when people are coming to a reader, they know all these things. And a reading is only at best in those situations. It's going to pull out what you already know and put it right in front of you and validate what you know. Or maybe say, listen, let's do a reality check here. You know, so, uh, yeah. That's that's something I think about from time to yeah. time with people. It's like, like, like yeah. the mirror analogy as well. If you think, you know, like you say with, with a reading, it, it's the majority of the time it's telling you what you know. Yes. And it's that connection, it's that reflection of you, and it's a mirror image. And, and you know, maybe it's the, the whole Alice in the Looking Glass thing where it, it can be slightly distorted. Your reality might, you know, you might be looking at something differently and going, well, okay, let me piece this bit of information with that bit of information, and it's different. And you go, okay, cool, actually what how is this going to help me what can i do to change this situation for myself to make myself you know to make my existence better to make my life happier i can't depend on the looking glass to do that i need to you know look at the the reality around me and it's you know it's it's yeah i, th- I think that's where it, i find tarot really helpful and that's why i kind of hope hope other people do <laughs> yes well you know let's talk about a couple strategies that someone can do um first of all we'll talk about when you're coming in for a reading what should you do to ensure you're getting an empowering reading? And then let's share our tips on what tarot readers can do to keep the readings empowering for the querent. So if you are a querent, what is your advice yes. to the querent, the client, when you're coming in? What are some tips that they need to keep in mind to get an I, empowering reading? Yeah, so whenever whenever I take on a new client or whenever someone you know new approaches me and wants a reading, I, I, I first off will say, listen, I'll be completely honest with you. I am not a fan of a when question with a timeline. So I would rather you, you know, what is it like you say, what is it that you want out of the reading? You you can give me as much information, information as you feel comfortable with, but I will also, you know, like to kind of pre-warn you without any information, the re- you won't get as much out of the reading. You will get out of it what you put in. And it's completely up to you how much you, f- you feel comfortable with, you know, don't have to do names and things like that. But I think it's it's very much, you know, if you want to feel empowered at the end of your reading, we need to frame the questions as what can I do in this situation? What's the most likely outcome based on how things are right now? Because, you know, we, we can worry about all of the what ifs in the world, but there is so much to think about with what is without even worrying about what if. So I, I, I think try and stay present with it and stay in the moment and think of how things are playing out from this point as the trajectory so what's that word i struggle with um (laughs) as things are moving forward now this is the time this is the point in time we're at and we will we can look into things for how now how it's going to work out as things are today it may change three months time it would have been different six weeks ago but it's you know we're looking at today i love that and i think you're right the questions are make all the difference other questions i don't like are will i like, will I get married? Well, I mean, 
Sure, yes. you can get married tomorrow to any old buddy. I mean, that, that instead, what can I do to find the ideal partner and form a commitment is a much better question. You know, yes. um, also questions like, should I? Should I get divorced? Well, now you're putting your decisions in the hand of somebody else. A better question is, what do I need to know if I decide to divorce my partner? When you are approaching your readings with those types of questions, you're going to get a lot of helpful information. And once again, it puts the responsibility back in your hands. It puts the power in your hands. I also think it's important to check your mindset when you're coming into a reading. If you're coming in and you're only looking for the negative or you're really hoping they're going to tell you everything that you want to hear or you don't believe in it or you're skeptical, all of those things can impact your experience. I think when you're coming to a tarot reading, you want to be open, curious, and yes. you don't want to be looking just for the negative or just for the positive. You're going to want your reader to be honest with you. And that starts yes. with you coming in just really nice and open to the experience. So those are some of the things that I think can help people get an empowered reading. Now let's turn that around. You as a reader, what do readers need to know to encourage empowering readings? What's your advice to a reader? Or to other readers, I mean, I again, I, I, I really struggle with the when, whens and whys because you're right. It is that thing of, of not should I get divorced? Should I? And it's, it's going to sound true because there, there are a lot of readers that I really look up to. Yourself, you know, there's a few other people that I, I really think because I think it's because they come across as really honest, and it isn't all the happy clappy, and it isn't also. The just swearing and having vendettas about various star mm-hmm. signs various people and because I sometimes think like when I you know because obviously as, a, as from a research perspective I think it's really good to see what other people are doing and how other people are handling their readings and there are some people that I, I see putting stuff out you know free content online and it's constantly looking at this problem and that problem and this is what you're doing wrong and, and I just think you, you, you know you get more flies with honey you can phrase things you can still phrase a bad message in a friendly, empowering way by saying, listen, right now, things don't look great in your relationship. Let's look at the the situation that you're in. Realistically, for example, you've told me, you think your partner is cheating on you. We can have a look and see if your partner is cheating on you. But the the bigger question for me is, why do you not feel stable in the relationship? Why are you worried? Because really, that's the only thing we can control. Like it's, you know, and, and I think there's there's a wonderful like um, phrase someone said to me, of, of, you know, when you're, it's hard enough to change yourself. And I think if you come to me and say, I think my partner's cheating on me, I just, I need to know. And, I, and you don't get me wrong, I, I'm aware we all hate uncertainty. Not knowing things is so frustrating. And it would be ideal if we could switch a camera on in someone's house and keep an eye on them at like a TV soap opera and see what they're doing and see the way it's playing out. Although I think that can also drive people crazy. <laughs> Why I think too much information can also be a really, really bad thing. But regardless of whether your person is cheating on you, why are you staying with them if you if you don't feel stable in the relationship to trust that person isn't cheating on you? Or how do you actually how do you feel about them? Let's you know, let's ask the question: if they are cheating on you, is that something you want in your relationship? Mm. Is that something you've got, you know, that you can cope with? Maybe you haven't thought about it before, and actually this opportunity has presented itself and Let's have a look at really, you know, what what do we think the impact will be for you if you stay in this relationship and make it open? You know, like I'm, I'm gay. There's a lot of gay friends of mine who are in open relationships and it really works for them. And that, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years ago wouldn't have happened. 
because everyone was, you know, I think things, you know, in that respect as well, things are changing a lot. And that for me is, is so much more empowering rather than, I think it's, like I say, for, for other reasons, it's, it's about internalising everything mm-hmm. rather than relying on external forces to make everything all right. Mm-hmm. I love that. And so basically what you're saying then is when people come to the reading, um, we have to make sure when those questions are going down the the path that's not going to be helpful, that we start turning it into more of a conversation and we start asking questions to the querent that is going to get them thinking about it from a different perspective. I think that is brilliant advice rather than just entertaining. Well, let's see if you're cheating. Why do you not feel stable in this relationship? How will you feel if you discover this person's not honest? That is going to, again, put the power back. You're going to be giving the person that's sitting at your tarot table useful information rather than just giving them a prediction and encouraging them to sit around and wait for something to happen. So I love that. I think that's really amazing advice. And I also think it's important too for readers to know their limitations and to be upfront. Like you said, you're very upfront with people when they sit at the table and telling them, I'm not a mind reader. I'm not going to spy on your ex. We are going to look at helping you get the best possible outcome. I think when we're really upfront about things like that from the jump, that also sets the tone and it creates a boundary or a container. So the readers yes. can be empowering, but also safe for the querent, but also for us as readers, because yeah. we need to feel safe in the readings that we're giving. And we want to walk away feeling good. And we certainly don't feel good when you spend an hour going over, will he come back over mm-hmm. and over and over again? Yeah. And I think you've, you've hit on a really interesting point as well, because it's not, you know, it's, I think it's, I, I, Hang on, I'm going to think how to phrase this properly. I think when you put the responsibility back on your client, it's it's not a, um, a deflection of saying, or like, you know, like, because the other thing that still blows my mind is when people come with medical questions. And I think, I'm not a doctor. I, I cannot give you anything. I can look at, you know, the impact on it, uh, you know, if you have an illness. What, how is that likely to impact your family, your mm-hmm. friends? You. by all means we'll look at that and where you can find support you know are you getting up a queen of wands right cool okay let's look for her for support brilliant that's great that's helpful saying okay you know this died because i'm not a doctor and I, I you know i think it's most I, to be fair i don't get it very often but I, it's one of those things i'm always like oh god please don't ask me things like that um but i do think you know putting it like you say putting the questions back to your client is actually saying to them listen you know what i can i can give you all the all the readings and all the divination and all the forecasts in the world. What you do with it is what matters. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, you know, if you're, if you're like, I remember God years ago that I, I, I'm not, a, I say I'm not a fan of scary films. I really enjoy a scary film up until the point I'm scared. And it always feels like an idea to start watching them when you've got the house yourself and you're like, Oh yeah, let's watch a creepy film. And then halfway through, you're like, why have I done this? I'm now on my own in a house, frightened for my life. Like I need to get some friends on or something like calm and just like de-stress a little bit. You know, and I think that's, again, it's that power because I thought, well, no, I've, I don't need to watch the film to the end. I'm getting scared. Mm-hmm. I'll take it off. Mm-hmm. I'm taking that power back myself rather than going, well, I've committed to, you know, being in this situation. I think that's, that's something else that is really interesting with Tara as well is if you have that kind of information on, listen, it's probably going to work out in this way. If you stay in this relationship that you think your partner's cheating on you, 90% of the time, if, you, if you've if you gone down that route, your trust is gone. 
Mm-hmm. And how can you build that trust? What what do you need from your partner? Let's see what they can do to help rebuild that trust. Because you know, I think you can, I think you can rebuild it. And you know, there are ways that certain people can do things. But without, you know, the, the whether they are cheating or not is not the main function for me. It's what yes. you can do about how you respond to a situation which will help you improve the relationship or you know get that eight of cups out and be like, listen, this is, relationship is not for you. This is showing you what you don't want. Yeah. So. Get rid of that sofa. You don't want that old sofa anymore that's not comfortable and has springs digging in your back. Get a new one. Yes. Find that in, you know, in your own time. And that's the other thing I think with people, it's always, you know, is that thing of, I think creating a safe space where people can, you know, tell you what's going on or not tell you what, you know, what's going on or, or give you the information they're comfortable with. But also like, you know, no question, there's no stupid questions. If you, you know, and again, I, like I always think it's, like I love doing in-person readings, but I also really love doing like video readings and stuff because I think sometimes it's so much easier to be able to hear it in two months time. And, you know, if people haven't recorded it or, you know, it's not, I mean, obviously technology is a lot easier now than when I was getting readings from people. It was like a little tape recorder and you have to put it in the car and rewind it. You know, it's a lot easier, but I think sometimes you need to, when, when people are having a reading, I always say, listen, whatever we talk about now, you might not remember it when you walk away. Mm-hmm. So, sleep on it, have a listen to it tomorrow, the next day and let it sink in and let it take its seed, plant the seeds and just see what happens and see how you process it rather than expecting to walk away from here in 30 minutes, feeling everything's lifted and everything's light and, you know, you come with your life and everything's okay. Because, you know, that still takes work. You've still got to, you know, like I, like I also love that phrase of saying, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. It's like, no, the grass is greener where it's watered. So yes. Focus on your grass, water it, nurture it. And your, you know, your lawn will be lovely, but you can't do that by going, oh yeah, your, your grass will be green in the summer. Yes. Don't do it. You know? I love that. And I think it's really a, one other thing you mentioned about taping. I think a really good thing for readers to do is to record the reading for the querent and mm-hmm. encourage them not to come too often for a reading to give things time to settle. Because sometimes also what you hear in a reading Later on, you hear it very differently when you go back and listen to it or when you look at your life differently. I always like to say the cards are usually very accurate, but sometimes our emotional responses or human interpretations might not be what you think they are. So give it time, give it time. And that I think when we give it time is one of the most empowering things we can do. Yeah. This has been, speaking of time, this has been such a wonderful time talking with you. So, Neil, I know that people are going to want to know where can they find you, my fellow Gemini friend. So, yes, and also because we're 11th of June Geminis as well, which I think makes us extra special because it's the 11th. Yes, yes, I mean, we are like twins. Total twins. And I was actually born at 11 o'clock on the 11th, which I'm like, yes, go on, mum, getting that cesarean at the right time of day for me. Um, I think, no, so basically I'm my, my most active on Instagram, which is must be a Gemini tarot with a full stop or um, do you call it a period in the States? We call it a period in the States. Fine. Um, so yeah, with a, a full <laughs> period in between each word to kind of separate it out. So uh, that's on Instagram um, and YouTube as well. And I'm, I'm, trying to work out whether I want to go down the website route at the moment I feel like I've got so much going on with Instagram that I think at the moment I'm going to keep sticking to that and just I've got one place where people can find me makes it simpler for me and easier for me um so I can you know rather than trying to focus on loads of different content here there and everywhere because I'm not as skilled at it as you are um so yeah that's where everyone can find me is must be a Gemini tarot um on Instagram probably awesome well I love this conversation I love hanging out with fellow Gemini's You have shared so much wisdom today. 
with my audience. I'm very grateful. Neil, thank you so much. I'm so grateful to have been here. I just think it's amazing. And also I feel like when I, because I'm such a rambler, when I listen back to this as well, I'll be like, oh, okay. Oh, that was really interesting. (laughs) I couldn't even tell you what I've said now for the last half an hour. And I'm the same in my readings. I'm like, don't ask me any other questions. I can't remember. That's a Gemini (laughs) thing. You know what I, I got to say real quickly before we complete here, when I do readings, I always say the information comes like a ticker tape. I don't know what the hell I'm saying. And, you know, it just comes out. And I always tell the client, don't interrupt this. Let me talk. Let me do my thing. And, you know, I have to let it flow. So I think the quote unquote rambling, I think that's a Gemini thing. It must be a Gemini tarot. (laughs) <laughs> um, thank you very much for this podcast because it's an absolute joy to listen to i listen to i've listened to pretty much every episode and it's it's such a thrill to be a part of it so thank you very much for having me well just delighted to have you as part of this podcast today all right people so you know what to do you're going to go over to instagram and you are going to hook up with neil at must be a gemini tarot and that wraps up this episode of tarot bites And I want to remind you that you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, lots of books, blog posts, astrological forecasts, many good things for you to scope out and enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening. I hope you have an amazing day. And by the way, if you enjoy the podcast, get on over to iTunes, leave a kind review because that helps more tarot curious people find their way to tarot bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember, you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story but you write the ending.